From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. And folks, we're giving you a bonus lead episode this weekend. (gasps) Just kidding. That was a trick because we're treating you to a South of Spooky episode. That's right, we created our beloved series that takes a lighthearted exploration of history and culture through the lens of local legends and their impact on communities across the South. While we don't have a new season for you this year, plans are in the works for next year. They will happen. But while you may be a dedicated leader, we thank you, maybe you didn't catch South of Spooky last year or never even heard of it, a crime. Well, we wanted to drop this in your feeds so you can enjoy some of our comedic genius mixed with on-the-ground reporting. Now, you can always find all of the South of Spooky episodes where you find the South Carolina lead, but today we present you one of our favorite episodes about a certain reptilian rapscallion, Bishopville's own Lizard Man. That's right, folks. And listen close to this pod, and you might just hear the Russ McKinney. So saddle up, partner, and take a listen. We all thought this was a joke. That's when we found the tracks. They were uh, approximately 14 inches long, seven inches wide, had three toes and three claws. So we tried to put the bloodhounds on these tracks. Dogs wouldn't track them. That let me know that it wasn't man-made. From South Carolina Public Radio and South Carolina ETV, this is South of Spooky an exploration of ghost stories, folklore, and culture in the South. I'm Gavin Jackson. And I'm A.T. Shire. This episode, The Lizard Man of Bishopville. Interior, South of Spooky Investigation HQ. As stormy inside as it is outside. We join our brooding, hard-nosed hero, Detective Gavin, the ever-optimistic A.T., about to barge in as usual. It's been a long time since we've got anything good. Too long. It's a dry spell, a drought, and it's sapping my will to go on. Hey, how's it going today? What you thinking about? Yeesh, Debbie Downer. It is really boring in here. Yikes. Of course it's boring in here. We missed out on Gray Man, and now we don't even have a whiff of a case. No leads, no evidence, nothing. How do you think we're going to make it? How do you think we're going to go on? Who could be happy at a time like this when we're supposed to be hunting spooks and monsters? Oh, don't be so hard on yourself, Gavin. But I noticed you're using the word case. I love that. You're finally getting into character. Maybe a little too into character. I don't really understand your process, but you know what? I love it. Even if it's a little noir-y for me. Anyway, I'm sure if we just sit here, mind our business, Twiddle our thumbs, that's important, twiddle your thumbs. The case will find us. Pal, that only happened once as a fluke. It won't happen again. I told you, cases don't just fall into your lap. Oh my God, he kicked down the door. What are you two doing? Ugh, it's our boss, Sean. He can't be too pleased with us after we didn't close the gray man case. You're supposed to be my crack team of spooky investigators. And here you are just, what is this? You're twiddling your thumbs, really? Is that not good? No, it's not good. Come on, Chief. We're in a dry spell. It happens to the best of us. We're in the driest of dry spells. It's the dog days of summer. Ain't nothing doing nothing. Not even a tick on a coon hound. What does that even mean? Tick on a coon hound? Never mind. I got a case for you. Two words. Lizard man. Is that one word or two? Doesn't matter. 
I want you to get in that swamp in Bishopville and get me pictures of Lizard Man on my desk or this podcast is over. Hmm, that sounds a little close to Spider-Man. Are you sure we can do that? I said go. And no more of that annoying era-specific noir music until you close this case. (sighs) I've seen Ouija boards with more gumption than these two. boss was mad there. We better get into shape. We gotta keep this pod going. It's our moneymaker, our bread and butter. Okay, calm down. Calm down. Let's go over the facts as we know it about this reptilian recluse. Okay, picture this. Late 80s, 1988 to be specific, in a sleepy, small South Carolina farming town called Bishopville. Less than an hour out the interstate from Columbia. One late, hot summer night in June, 1988, like I said, Christopher Davis was driving home from work on a two-lane road. He caught a flat, pulled over on the side of the road near Scape or Swamp. Hmm. Sounds buggy, muggy, hot, and spooky. All of the above, my good man. And spooky doesn't even cover it. Hold on to your butts, because what I'm about to say has divided families over the veracity of these next statements. You have my attention. Ooh, I hear the music. I really do have your attention. Sean said no more music, but I won't tell. Anyway, back to the swamp. Christopher Davis is fixing his flat tire at night. Swampy, buggy, gross, spooky, like we said. When something unbelievable occurs, lurching out of the woods comes a nine-foot-tall, red-eyed, bipedal, dinosaur-like creature. Bipedal? Bipedal. Yikes. It chases him down, scratches his car, and that, my man, is just the beginning. What? It, what? Where, where did you? How did this happen? Is this true? This sounds insane. It put that sleepy southern town of Bishopville on the map. The story went global in just days. When back in the 80s, no internet, that was huge, unheard of. Well, let's go get in this swamp and find this cryptic cryptid. It's been 34 years. He's still got to be out there, lurking, waiting. In Skateboard Swamp. My God, we have a lead. Mm, yeah, so, uh, yeah, what, what footwear are you thinking for this swamp adventure? Waiters, yes. Bust out the waiters. We're getting in that swamp. Exterior. Skateboard Swamp. Our intrepid detecting duo is plumbing the depths of the supposed man-lizard milieu. And not everything is going according to plan. Uh, if I were a witch, I'd build a house here. Oh, yeah. The real Thatch, estate. A thatched roof house that only appears to the lost souls of the world. Fresh water source. Fresh brown water for your cauldron. Oh, whoa. Spider web. <laughs> A.T. immediately walks into a spider web. It was thick. <gasps> Banana. Oh, baby. Banana spider. <laughs> she almost had you for lunch. I'm now looking eyes up, not even looking for Lizard Man, I'm looking for spiders. They approach a winding waterway, bisecting the brackish swamp. Okay, here we are on the banks. Look yeah. at that color. That's, oh boy. It looks like Coca-Cola. Look at that. 
If I were a man lizard, this is where I'd want to hang out. Want me to wade into it? Yeah, sure. Oh, it's nice and refreshing. You can feel the coolness. The waiters hug you so tight when you get in. <laughs> oh, it's really cold water. Really cold water. Mm-hmm. Lizard man would like this. There's bubbles coming from the bottom that aren't us. Ooh, very soft. Yeah, be careful. Very soft right there. And it definitely dips down there and then shallows out there. So maybe we should get back on terra firma. Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit! <laughs> I knew I was gonna fall. You did, I mean, you handled it well. <laughs> well, I accepted my fate. Oh, tadpoles. Tadpoles aside, last I checked, that's a spider web and a fall now. So that's Skateboard Swamp 2, AT0. This kid needs to catch a break. Oh, Gavin. Oh, there it is again! <laughs> Ooh, sounds like another spider whip encounter. Make that 3-0. Dang, the poor kid. You gotta go first. I know. I'm doing a bad job. Are you saying Ooh. that you got your fill? Yeah, I've had about my fill, TBH. <sighs> Dude, I really don't think we're gonna find anything in here. It's just been too long. Legit my entire life. It's definitely buggy and muggy. Uh, we need to talk to a person, someone with first-hand experience, someone who was there, someone who believes. I hate to break this to you, but Christopher Davis, he's dead. And so is the police chief slash sheriff guy from back then. <sighs> I'm knee-deep in a swamp, but every lead I chase is dry as a bone. Ugh, more noir, this freaking guy. All right, let's get out of this swamp. Let's regroup, figure out our next move. Interior, south of Spooky HQ. With no lead in sight, our intrepid investigators turn to one of their last hopes, VHS tapes from the 80s. The Lee County Sheriff's Department is working full-time on this creature case, yet with over 200 calls coming in every day, Sheriff Truesdale spends 90% of his time with the media hungry to confirm tales of the lizard man, which grow bigger every day. There's all kind of stories about this thing. Oh, you name it, we've heard it. I think the lizard man is an alien. Uh, okay, how does this dumb tape work? Go watch tapes, A.T. Whatever, big detective weirdo, telling me what to do. What's that, A.T.? Oh, uh, nothing. I'm just doing whatever you say when you say it and watching these old videos. Archival videos, not old videos. What are you starting with? Oh, well, pardon me. My first archival video is Christopher Davis, a.k.a. Patient Zero for the Lizard Man. Then... I have Sheriff Truesdale and a few others. I'm gonna be the bigger man here and overlook your attitude and say, good job, you stick with that while I go chase down some leads. And don't forget to rewind those and use the rewinder, not the VCR. You know that's why I have that. Whatever, Mr. Gumshoe does all the fun stuff and I just gotta sit here and do nothing. Okay, so let's see here. Here's a tape of Christopher Davis, the person who claimed to have first seen the Lizard Man from 1988. 
my tires was bust and it flat. So I got out and changed it about 2 a.m. at night. After I was finished changing, I was putting um, flat in the jack in the trunk. And I looked back, I saw um, red eyes, big red eyes thing running toward. So I jumped in the driver's side and when I was shutting the door, he grabbed the door. So I jerked the door and shut it and pulled off. And I looked in the mirror, I saw a big image and a loud crash on top of the car. I'm glad we actually got to hear him and what he experienced, but you know, he didn't say lizard ever. Probably a clue. I'll write that down. Okay, next up we have Sheriff Truesdale from around the same time, 1988. His description said it was about seven foot tall with red glowing eyes and and very fast and it appeared to have three long fingers on each hand. I thought we, it could have been a bear or something that he saw. We don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But he saw something because nobody could have been frightened like he was. Huh. Again, no mention of a lizard there from the Lee County Sheriff, Sheriff Truesdale. But Christopher Davis was definitely sincere about what he had seen. All right, next one. Minivan cat lady. What does that mean? I really hope this is a labeling error. Whatever. Here we go. But I get up every morning, I open the door, and I look out and see where all my kitties are. Open the door, and I went, what? All their blankets and all their towels were all up and down the driveway. Ten minutes later, Bob was going to go to the hardware store for me. He comes back in. He says, honey, put on your coat and shoes. I want to show you something. So he comes out and the car. And I mean, we're just like, oh my God, what? What could have done this? There were pieces they're sitting over there, some of them that were just like ripped off the car and bent and thrown on the ground. Something definitely big and bad did that to our car. God, that was not that long ago. That was in the 2000s. Man, I'm bummed that a lot of these key players with first-hand experience are dead, but glad we had them on tape. Though I'm not quite sure I believe that minivan attack. A little convenient. A little too convenient, if you ask me. Hey, what's up? How's your TV watching going? Uh, uh, no, no, nothing. Fine. Everything's great. To- to- totally around the tapes. <laughs> no no intrigue here. No noir. Uh, uh, anyway, stop stop asking me questions because uh, you're the one. But, but, but barges in on me with not one, but what is that? Two Starbucks cups? Are you double fisting coffee? Hey, quiet down. I need these for my process. And it worked because I found us someone who was right there at ground zero of Skateboard Swamp, a deputy with the Lee County Sheriff's Department. His name is Phil Stokes, and I just so happened to set up a sit-down with him this afternoon. So saddle up and don't spill my coffees. Seriously, you're going to take both cup holders? You better believe it. And you're driving, pal. Ugh. Where are we going? We are way off the main roads here in Bishopville. This quaint little spot is Phil Stokes' house. Now quit your belly aching and let's go see what the man has to say. This might be as close as we get to an eyewitness statement. 
I started working for the Sheriff's Department in 1978, and I worked up until 1994. In the summer of uh, 1988 is when the Lizard Man first made his appearance. It was real hot summer that year. Whoa, Phil Stokes is totally checking out here. He was a deputy, he was right there when things blew up. Let's see if he can tell us what it was like in Bishopville around the time of the initial sighting. It went nationwide in about three days. We had people coming in from all over. And let me say, we all thought this was a joke. Uh, Mr. Elmore owned a business they called the Butterbean Shed. He was having a lot of problems with theft, and we thought he was just scaring people away from it. That's what we thought it was. And after that, with all the crowds, Sheriff kept, kept sending us deputies up there every afternoon to sit, make sure everything was all right. He was afraid somebody was gonna shoot somebody. They were riding around on the back of pickups with guns, just looking for the lizard man to shoot. Okay, sounds like there are two situations happening in Bishopville. A giant lizard man loose on the town, and these armed residents and out-of-towners looking for any reason to pull the trigger. A simmering summer there, the powder keg of Bishopville. Okay, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. What about a third possibility? Mr. Elmore and his butter beans. Them butter bean thefts, that's not nothing. Hey, let's focus on the reptile man, not the butter bean man. Let's just let Phil keep talking. We got a whole podcast here we got to finish. So we went home. So about three o'clock in the morning, some teenagers came into the jail and said that Lizard Man had crossed the road in front of them. That's when we found the tracks. They were uh, approximately 14 inches long, seven inches wide, had three toes and three claws. So Sheriff called out everybody. So we tried to put the bloodhounds on these tracks. Dogs wouldn't track them. That let me know that it wasn't man-made. This thing went down this long dirt road that didn't go nowhere but into the woods. From one side to the other, tearing up stuff, breaking off tree limbs. I mean, snapping them like you would a toothpick. There were two steel 55-gallon drums. It picked it up and threw them. We found the claw marks on each side of it where it grabbed it. We followed it on down into the swamp as far as we could humanly track it. I don't think it was possible for a human to have reached it and broke those limbs off like he broke them off. Okay, so Phil is convinced here, but not everyone was privy what these deputies were experiencing, specifically the town of Bishopville. What were they thinking? The people patrolling with guns? Yes, the people with guns, A.T. Well, most people were convinced that it was Mr. Elmore that just scared scared some people away from his, his business down there, but never was seen around there since. I've heard uh, talk of suits, people with suits to try and scare people. And maybe... I understand Mr. Elmore made a, a suit, yeah. And what do you think he, about that? He just played around with it. I think for most of, most of the family members, I think. I, I, I personally would have been scared to be walking around in a suit like that back then. Somebody would have shot you. When did the suit come to light? How long after did we hear about the suit? It, it was uh, probably a year or so after that before I heard about the suit. Oh, A.T., some sharp questions there with the suit. Where did this come from? Ever since I watched that tape. Archival video. Archival video, yes. Ever since I watched that minivan video, 
I've just had a gut feeling that something wasn't quite right. And I heard some rumblings around town about a suit. Well, suit or no suit, there are definitely some differences here. I have to imagine there are differences even among what people believe, even his wife and kids. She's probably about like the rest of my family, don't believe it. <laughs> so you're like, it doesn't matter because yeah. I do. Well, I don't know, I mean, it is what it is, you know. But it's all right. I mean, if you don't believe it, that's fine. I think it's a good thing for the county, a good, good thing for Bishopville. I think they should capitalize on it. Would you venture into that swamp? Yeah, yeah. I'd jam my gun with me. We borrow one? We're so close to getting this guy. He's scratched his last fender, I know it. Well, to be honest, I'm surprised by how Phil was saying that he's not a monster to be feared, rather embraced. So I think we've been going about this all wrong. He's a criminal, and he belongs in a museum. Was that Indiana Jones? da 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 Indiana is the dog's name. Right, 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 right. Well, anyway, you're not the only one who can do some internet sleuthing, because <laughs> M-I-A-T, decidedly un-noir, found out there is a Lizard Man festival. <gasps> what? Come again? A festival celebrating this criminal cryptid? How could they? Well... It's called the Lizard Man Stomp, and I think they're taking Phil Stokes' idea of embracing this thing and cashing in on it. And anyway, Mr. Serious, we're going to go check it out. I love a good stomp. Mm, begrudgingly, I admit, I do love a good stomp and some chicken bug. Yay! All right, we kick this one off right here. Um, this is a little song we wrote some years ago. It's called the Lizard Man Stomp. I said the Lizard Man what exactly is this? Oh, it's perfect. This is community coming together. Let's go talk with all these strangers. Tell you what, pal, I'll leave that to you, okay? This is uh, much more your deal. How long have you lived in Bishopville? I actually live in Camden, South Carolina, but I've been over here six years. I'm the executive director of the Cotton Museum, okay. which is sort of the headquarters for the Lizard Man. Okay. That's where we have the displays and exhibits and sell our shirts. So do you personally believe in the Lizard Man? Sure. Yes. Yes. So uh, were you in Camden in 1988 when this yes. started happening? Yes. What was it like then? Uh, it went crazy. This, you couldn't move on these streets. People come into town looking for it, going down to, to look for the lizard man, riding through Skateboard Swamp, and um, it, it just, with t-shirts selling, um, food, it just, it was, it, it was booming. It was absolutely booming. Lizard man is good for mission. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think it's a great story. I grew up with it because I was raised near here. Yeah. And um, I, I don't live here now, but I grew up right down the road and we had a ball with it that summer. It was just, it was the biggest thing I'd ever seen around here. It's the awesome. biggest thing this town had ever seen. Well, it it, it kind of lay dormant for a while and uh, nobody talked about it really for a, for a while. And somewhere back around 2017 or 18, you started to see Lizard Man pop up a little bit more. People were remembering it and 
And so I started our Facebook page back here just to kind of bring him back into the public eye. And next thing you know, it started out locally, but now it's kind of it kind of spread, and it, it stirs up all the interest across the country of people that heard about it. And it, it doesn't at this point, it doesn't really matter if it was a, a guy or a thing or whatever it was. It's a legend around here now, so it's part of the folklore now. So I tell everybody what I always say is the lizard man will always live in Skate Forest Swamp. I think he's like the Loch Ness monster. The Loch Ness monster? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you think about it? Because, look, look, he's right there. He looks like the Loch Ness monster. Ooh, there's a plywood cut out of Lizard Man. We gotta get a picture with him. No effing way am I getting that picture. Well, then just take it for me. I'm not leaving here without it. You happy? Now keep talking to these people. So you really believe that there was a monster running around? Not really. No? At first, when this short that um, I believe it, but as it go along, I said it didn't seem real. No, no. So what's all of this like to you then, where where we have festivals for it and everything? I feel like Lizard Man. He started out as like the scary spook that everyone was scared of, and now he's sort of like a celebrated commodity. And that's something I can't understand. And celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wow. Okay. There's definitely sincerity in their belief, but we're also looking at a town trying to leverage this most notable denizen. Mm, exactly. Not every town has a lizard man. Hold on a second. Say that again. What? Not every town has a lizard man. Yeah, 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 that last part. Say it again. Not every town has a lizard man. Exactly. But how often are there towns that claim monsters like this? I'm from New Jersey. I know the Jersey Devil. We both know Bigfoot, Yetis. Don't forget about Mothman. Exactly. So how often do towns claim these cryptids, these urban legends, just to spin up some interest and separate them from every town USA? Hmm. I think I know someone who can help us figure that out, actually. Gavin, what are we doing in Charleston? That was a long drive. I, from previous investigations, don't ask which ones, know of a College of Charleston professor by the name of Scott Poole. He's an urban legend monster expert, if you will. And I drove you all the way here because we have a meeting with him. Now just walk inside, come on. I'm W. Scott Poole. I'm a professor of history at uh, the College of Charleston. And I both research and teach classes on what I call horror narratives in American history. Uh, essentially, the term uh, monster is a phrase that kind of floats around and people grab it and fill it with all kinds of different ideas, um, whatever they really need um, at the moment. Uh, it's hard to find a period in American history that doesn't have its very own monster. Told you this guy knows what he's talking about, right? Just like what we were saying. Periods in history with their own monster, similar to each town having one. Let's look at this monster theory origin again. Where does it come from? Where does it start? Bigfoot was interesting because it was presented to the American people by some very specific entrepreneurs who wanted to sell uh, Bigfoot in various ways, but but sell Bigfoot as a scientific phenomena. 
not something that was necessarily supernatural. And so it was kind of like you can have your interest in the natural world, but you can still like sort of put the real scientists to one side if you're not interested in that stuff or if it it makes you anxious. And so um, in 1959, Bigfoot really becomes uh, America's first really famous cryptid. And cryptozoology really kind of entered the language uh, in a way after Bigfoot. That can't be like Lizard Man. Uh, one gentleman who is sort of a local notable and very much a Lizard Man fan um, believed that at some point uh, Disney might get a hold of the character uh, and that there would actually be a Lizard Man theme park uh, that would be built in, in Midland, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. That sounds like some cryptid capitalism. Maybe the origin isn't exactly what we thought. I think it's important to note that it's a story that's not important to everyone in Bishopville. Uh, and in fact, we were told several times that there, there are a number of, pe of, of, of people in Bishopville, particularly the African-American population, who finds the story sort of embarrassing, feels that it in it sort of misrepresents the, the nature of the community. And I think, you know, as a historian, it's also always interesting to me why people don't want a story as much as, you know, when they want one. Mm -hmm. So according to uh, one sort of authority and indeed sort of a booster of the Lizard Man story, interestingly enough, it was an effort on the part of a particular white landowner to frighten members of the local African-American community. So while it is not simply a story about uh, racism in the South, or I should say another story about racism in the South, it certainly has roots with some older traditions. For example, dating back about 200 years, there's a tradition that's often referred to as the plantation terror tales. And this is a story that really whites told themselves in which anecdotes were shared about how enslaved people had been warned that, you know, in Florida, for example, there was supposed to be this creature that actually is a little bit like the lizard man that they called the Snologoster. And if you tried to run away from the plantation, you would run into the Snologoster. Now, the interesting thing about that is I don't have the sense that, and there's actually no historical evidence, that the black community that, and that enslaved people ever actually bought into these stories. These were actually stories that whites were telling themselves about how they were using the alleged superstitions um, of the black community. One of the things that did strike me about uh, the Lizard Man uh, story is that some of the focus on Christopher Davis, particularly in 1988, uh, did take on a racist tone, particularly his portrayal in various kinds of souvenirs uh, that were sold. And there were a lot of souvenirs, sort of homemade t-shirts and hats and all kinds of stuff being sold. And, um, you know, even those who in, uh, in Bishop Vol who spoke with us, who sort of love the 
Lizard Man story actually also admit that the story kind of ruined Chris Davis's life that he was often portrayed in the media in a way that today I actually think we might be quicker to recognize as using racist tropes. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he's a young man who, who, who died quite early, uh, who really kept quite, never made any kind of attempt to make any money off of this at all, actually really very, very much wanted to be left alone. This is uh, not where I saw this one going. Not only did Scott tell us Lizard Man isn't real, but it's also rooted in some seriously problematic history. Yes, what a twist indeed. Sure, we're leaving Charleston without finding our man, per se, but Professor Poole really gave us a better understanding about this legend. But I can't lie, I really wanted to close this one. God, we came up empty again, still in a dry spell. This drought. I know we're losing the pod. I know it. That's it. Back to only politics podcasting. I can't. I can't. I won't. I can't. Calm down. Calm down. I know we didn't catch our subject, but we got some objectively good stuff about this town and this legend. We've got a town that's taking ownership of their story, a story that maybe not everyone has a full understanding of. There is our tragic hero type in Christopher Davis, who was a reluctant patient zero, along with a critical point of view from Professor Poole that makes the entire story incredibly murky. These are twists and turns that any gumshoe of your magnitude would love to uncover. Uh-huh. Now who's being noiry? If I'm being specific, yes, a bit Sherlock Holmesian, but I also deduce that for every person who is sincere in their belief, there is another person with a lizard suit or a lizard man product trying to make money off of this. Not that that's bad. For better or worse, Lizard Man is from Bishopville, and Bishopville should take ownership of its most notorious citizen. Again, that's incredibly murky. You might say, like a swamp. God, stop talking. How can you be so positive right now? We're going to lose the pod. We don't have a picture, and Sean is about to kick that door down right... Time's up. You two better have a picture of Lizard Man for me. Well, I, uh, we kind of... Oh, I I, I actually did meet the man at the Lizard Man stomp. He was there. Take a look for yourself. My God. We're going to be rich. Really? It's a plywood cutout. Shit, 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 bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. I knew you'd like it, boss. Whatever, I'm out of here. And I'm taking this picture with me. Picture of Lizard Man. Rich. I'm going to be rich. So we still have the pod? What's that? Oh, yeah, the pod, yes. Uh, sure, whatever. I don't care. Just bring me more of this. Looks like the spooky boys get to live to see another case. It's okay, Gavin. You can say it. (sighs) Thanks for saving the pod with your silly picture. It shouldn't have worked, but I'll take it. South of Spooky is a production of South Carolina Public Radio and South Carolina ETV. It's hosted by Gavin Jackson and me, A.T. Shire. Our producer is also me, A.T. Shire. Joshua Teckel is our research assistant. Amy Crouch is our supervising producer. And Sean Birch is our executive producer. You can find this episode, first-hand accounts, research, documents, multimedia, and more on southcarolinapublicradio.org slash spooky. 
have you had an encounter with one of South Carolina's famed ghosts? Maybe experience a haunted spot in the South? Witness something no one else would believe? Or have a place or tale that we should investigate? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email at spooky at scetv.org and we'll be in touch. Stay safe out there and watch out if you're heading south of Spooky. Spooky.